welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening watch night service of Sunday the 31st of December 2017 and the Bible reading is taken from Romans chapter 6. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Well, I want to read you just a couple of verses that, uh, that we read this morning and uh, I'm not going to give you a sermon. I'm really going to give you the introduction to a sermon, okay? Uh, and uh, just some, some simple thoughts that have uh, been quite a few years back since we went through the book of Romans verse by verse as we went through it, and it took us several years to do that. Uh, but uh, it's been my great, great privilege uh, since then uh, to, to teach both Romans 1 and Romans 2 in the Bible College, it's one of my my favorite favorite subjects uh, in all the world to uh, to teach. But as we approach a new year on the calendar, and we touched on this a little bit this morning, the apostle asks us a question here under inspiration of God in Romans chapter six, and of course we've we've talked about this many times that we. We don't have to look far to realize that we're far, far, far from perfect. Our Christian walk, sometimes we look in the mirror and we say, why would God want to love me? Why would God care about me? And and of course here, Paul is really relating on this whole matter of of, of grace. Then he asks us this question here in chapter 6, verse 1. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? In other words, what shall we say? If, if God's grace is so grand and so wonderful, if that which God does, and really we said time and again grace and mercy are just opposite sides of the same coin, if you would. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve, and mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. If God's grace is so grand, he's saying, well, what can we say? Should we just continue to do wrong? Should we just continue to sin because we're not under the law anymore? God's grace is big enough to take care of it. Shall we just sin more so that God's grace can be seen more? And he answers that question with two words, God forbid. God forbid. It's one of the the strongest terms that he could possibly use there. It's like saying, how can you even think such a thought? How could a thought like that even enter our minds? How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? We talked this morning about this whole matter of being baptized into Christ, a work that only the Holy Spirit himself can do. But we symbolize when these are baptized in the water. If we're baptized into Christ, then we're baptized into his death. And if we're baptized into his death, then we're also in his resurrection, the resurrected life that he raised. We were raised with him to newness of life. We're not the same people. We don't live the same old life. We haven't become perfect. But do we just keep on sinning so that God's grace can be seen? God forbid that we should even think such a thing. May I say sadly that too many times in the Christian walk, we come to this point to where we know that we've been forgiven for our sins. We know. We know that God has forgiven us. We know that we've become a Christian. We bought our fire insurance. (laughs) 
We know we're going to heaven one day. We know we don't have to worry about that place called hell. And that kind of finishes it. Well, I'm ready. I don't need to do anything more. As we approach a new year on the calendar, may I remind you that first of all, if there is anybody under the sound of my voice tonight or any time in the future that doesn't know without a shadow of a doubt that your sins have been forgiven because you're in the same boat as every other human being, all, A-L-L, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You may be the most perfect human being that's ever walked the face of God's green earth. There may not be anybody that compared to your goodness and your sweetness and all the, the grand things you do, all have sinned and come short, not of man's glory, not of the best person that's ever lived, but short of the glory of God. Sin, when sin entered death came with it, we might ask ourselves this. You see, let's not let just being a Christian be enough. Let's not let it be enough to know that our sins are forgiven and that we're on our way to heaven. If you don't know that, there is nothing more important in all the world. Nobody can make that choice for you. You can either receive it or you can reject it. There's only two sides in this spiritual battle, folks. You're on one side or the other, and there's only one way to get on God's side, which is the victorious side, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's no other path there. You see... A couple of the words that we often use is justification and sanctification. What do we mean by that? You see, when you become a child of God, you are justified. We learned that little saying, just as if I'd never sinned. When God sees you, he sees you, as we said earlier, in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's why. That's why that you can go to God the Father. That's why that your prayers can be answered. That's why your sins can be forgiven. Because of Jesus Christ, just as if you'd never sinned because he sees you in Christ. You see, justification, I'm just going to read these simple thoughts. Justification is an act of God performed immediately when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Nothing else will do it. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can't stop doing enough things. You can't start doing enough things. You can't become religious enough. You can't go to church enough. You can't do all those things enough. You can put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ that what he did was enough for you. Justification is an act that is performed by God only and is performed immediately when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It's accomplished only solely by God's marvelous grace that we've been talking about and singing about. Whereas sanctification is an act of God that is performed progressively throughout your Christian life. Justification, God does it the moment that you're saved. Sanctification is an act of God that is performed progressively throughout your Christian life until that day when we finally will be just like him when he comes for us. Justification is dealing with the penalty of sin. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you no longer have to worry about the penalty of sin for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sanctification, rather than dealing with the penalty of sin, it's dealing with the power of sin. Remember what we talked about this morning? Death no longer has power over you. 
Because you're a new man. You're a new creation. You've been raised in newness of life. You died with Jesus Christ. And he's asking that question. How can somebody that's dead to sin continue living in sin? Justification is a work of God. Whereby he takes an unacceptable, unsaved sinner. And by his marvelous work of grace, he immediately makes him acceptable through Jesus Christ. There's nothing acceptable about him until he comes to Christ. Whereas sanctification is a work where he takes that saved sinner and progressively makes him more and more like his Savior. The end result of justification is salvation. But the end result of sanctification is holiness. Holiness. We read about that this morning as well. See, we're talking about our lives should be different. Somebody touched on that verse a while ago. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't let the pressures of this world shape you, inform you into what this world wants you to be. Let your mind be renewed day by day and moment by moment by him, by this word, by the spiritual food. Don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're going to put something into that brain of yours, good or bad. Let it be that which will make you more like him, more like the Savior. You see, is it possible? Can we really live lives that are holy lives? He tells us to be holy even as he himself is holy. How can we do that? Well, I believe that it is possible. You see, he says here in verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Every age, we all think sometimes that it's so much harder. And every age has known this kind of hypocrisies. More sin, more grace. Many times even we, right back through history, our Baptist forefathers that have gone before us right back to New Testament days, Many times we've been accused by others in in religious circles and whatnot that we somehow believe because we believe in the eternal security of the believer that when you're saved, when you become a child of God, you don't have to worry about losing it tomorrow somewhere. If you really get saved, if you're really born again, then you belong to him. They say that's a license to sin. Folks, that's the farthest thing from the truth because I'm going to say this and you listen to me now. We all sin, and it's not a license to sin because if you still desire to live that same old sinful life, you didn't get something that you thought you got because we see that if we are dead in sin, how can we continue to live in that sin? You see, there's three words in this chapter which we don't have time to look at tonight. Knowing, there's some things you have to know. You have to know. You have to know that you've been baptized into Jesus Christ, that you've been baptized into his death, that you've been raised in the likeness of his resurrection. You have to know these things. If you don't know that, then you're never going to get any farther. No. Know that your sins have been dealt with. Don't trust it to some man or some church or some religion or anything. Trust it to God and to God alone. God forbid that we think that we can just keep on living any old way because of God's wonderful grace that he's given to us. You see, 
I believe that if we're going to move from just being justified to truly be sanctified, I said this earlier, and I really want to leave you with this thought. Listen, what about if we just strive day by day by day? I said, you know, it excites me. It excites me when I look at what God can do and what God will do if we will just yield ourselves to him. You see, that's part of what the Scripture is teaching us here. We've got to know some things, but it's not just knowing. We've got to be willing. He says also in verse 11, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves dead indeed. There's some things you've got to know. There's some things you've got to reckon. And he says in verse 13, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members are instruments of righteousness unto Who do you yield yourself to? That'll tell us who your master is. That'll tell us who you serve it. You can yield yourselves to that sin, or you can yield yourselves to him. I understand, and I'm not picking a fight with anybody a lot of times people talk about the two natures that we have. I'm not sure that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> because you see, I believe that if we have died to that old man, died to that old nature, that we are a, a new creation, I believe that, that the nature, the natural part for a child of God ought to be like the old Christ, but we still live in an old sinful flesh, and that's where the battle goes on. There should be anything natural about sin to the child of God if he's being controlled by the Holy Spirit. We're going to have to fight with this sinful flesh until the day that we get that new body. But there ought to be that within you, <laughs> that within you. Paul talked about this constant battle. Why? Why do I do the things that I know that I shouldn't do? And why don't I do the things that I know that I, that I should do? We all struggle with that a lot of times. My challenge to you in the new year is if you're a child of God, You've got more to praise and thank God for than you could. You could thank him and praise him throughout eternity. You would never, ever, ever thank him enough for just saving your soul, for allowing you to have your sins to be forgiven. But if you are a child of God, may I say to you that you don't want to live through life just being saved. Justification is the greatest thing that can ever happen to you. But sanctification ought to be a natural process in our life. We ought to be becoming more and more and more like him every day of our lives. And that's my challenge to you in the new year, is that we become more like him. Father, oh, there's so much I'd like to say, but time is limited. And Lord, I just want you to help us be able to, first of all, each and every one of us know, know, Know that we've been baptized into Jesus. Know that we've been baptized into his death. Know that we've been resurrected with him to, to newness of life, that we're not those same old creatures. We've been born again. We're a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Help us, Lord, to realize we still have to fight the battle with this old flesh. Help us to yield ourselves not to this sinful flesh, but to yield ourselves to him that lives and dwells within us the Holy Spirit that takes up residence there. Help us yield ourselves to you, Lord, that you may have control of our lives. We're just a bunch of ordinary people that fight an awful lot of battles. Many of those battles are against sin. But, Lord, I pray that you'd help us. Help us not just to accept each other, 
Lord, you tell us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And all the more as we see that day approaching, help us, Lord, to exhort, to encourage, to be there, to lift up, to build each other up as we go through these battles. We give you all the praise for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.